0: video conveyed that it's our time. So much of our lives is determined by the clock. At a certain time a bell rings and school starts. At a certain time you have to be at work, otherwise you're considered late. Worship starts at 1045 and hopefully it ends before noon. Everything, the Everything is dictated by time. And our time is now to be led to do amazing things by Jesus, for Jesus, through Him. All things have come into being. Without Him, nothing has come into being that has been made. In Him was the light of the world. It was the life of people In Him is life. In Him there is no darkness. In Him we have salvation for our souls. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It's our time. It's our time to respond. It's our time to answer His call, to listen to His voice, to respond to what He's asking us to do. In Romans chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says, talks about the time. It's his time to share the good news of Christ with a people that do not know him. And so often when we think of missions and we think of going on mission, we think of foreign missions, we think of international missions. But missions can be as simple as beginning in our home. Our homes represent some of the greatest lostness that we can see. Do you realize that in our world, North America is second now to Asia in lostness? Now it was, listen, it was Europe, it was Africa. Now we are second. North America is second in lostness on the planet. A North America has, listen, North America has more churches than practically anywhere else in the world, yet we've not been able to touch the lostness. Where is the lostness of North America? We like to think, oh, it's on the West Coast, it's in California, it's in Denver, or it's in the Northeast, the North, they're lost, because we're the South and we represent the Bible. But, but I'm going to tell you that lostness is as real here as it is anywhere else in this country. The lostness is not distance from us. The lostness is real and personal to us. Let me just ask you this question. How many of you have family members that today you know who are lost? Or you feel that they're lost? And hands will go up all around the room. Why? Because lostness does not just affect people other than us. Lostness affects our reality and our families and you may say and I would say one of the reasons that we don't share Christ with our families is because we're afraid of what might happen if we bring up the topic but I'm going to challenge us to think in these terms what is the damage that we do by not sharing the gospel and the only hope That there is in the world. What is the danger? We will have people that we love. We will have people that we spend holidays with. We will have people that we spend time with. We will have people that we will not spend time with in eternity. Because we did not make the most of the time afforded to us. Now is the time. Now what is the purpose in sharing the gospel? What is the purpose of Paul in Romans chapter 15? If you look in verse 16 of the passage He says that he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the purpose of evangelism, the purpose of sharing the good news of Christ, the purpose of sharing the gospel was that people might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified, that means set apart By the Holy Spirit. The purpose of evangelism, the purpose of going on mission is not to win lives to Jesus. You and I don't win anyone to Jesus. Jesus draws people to himself. Our job is merely to be the vessel through which Jesus uses to teach people about who he is, what he's done, and what he has the potential to do in their lives. Perhaps the reason that North America is so lost is because we give great credence, we give, we give great lip service to the gospel, but you and I don't give our lives in service for the gospel, to the gospel, or for the person of the gospel, namely Jesus Christ. It is not our work, but it is God's work within people that changes Lives. When you and I make ourselves available, when you and I put ourselves out there, then God does an extraordinary thing. He uses ordinary people like you and me to reach people, to share the good news and the hope that they so desperately, desperately need. I was like many of you, even as a pastor of a church some years ago. I was all about praying for missionaries and praying that God's work would be done. And as I prayed, I would pray that monies would come in, that we would be able to send more missionaries. The IMB employs around 5,000 missionaries all around the world. There are still over 6,000 missionaries unreached people groups today that means that there are 6,000 groups of people who have never heard of Jesus Christ who've never heard the gospel who don't even know that he exists other than the creation that's around them and we are called to take the gospel of Christ the good news of Jesus and share with them but I was like many of you I was more than willing to pray I was more than willing to give I was more than willing to do a missional study. I was more than willing to talk about missions, encourage people to give their lives to missions, as long as me being faithful to missions did not require me to go. As long as being faithful to missions could be something I could speak about, but not necessarily something that would be realized in my life. Yet there's others of you that would say, well, I don't know what I would say If I would go on mission. I don't know how I would respond. I don't know what to tell people. I don't know. There's language barriers. There's obstacles that you have to overcome. And what I'm going to say to you. Is the same thing that I I issued. I uttered the same thoughts. The same words. The same type of behavior that many of you embody. And that is. There's no way that I can do this. But what I want to tell you is this. That when you answer the call of God on your life. And when you submit to his call and when you step up to the plate and you step up to bat and he throws the pitch, it doesn't matter whether the pitch was high, whether it was low, whether it was inside, whether it was outside, you are going to hit a home run. There is nothing, listen, there is no obstacle that you're going to face on mission that God is not bigger than the obstacle. So I ask you, what is your excuse it's our time. The reality is that people like me and Vicky and others that go on mission, people look at us and they go, oh, that's such a tremendous thing. We're so grateful that you're doing that. And if we're not careful, we'll walk away from those experiences, Vicky, and we'll say, gosh, we are doing something unique. But one of my prayers in the sense of brokenness that I have for a world that so desperately needs Jesus is, this should be the norm. This should not be the exception. There should be nothing extraordinary about us getting on a plane and flying to unreached people to prayer walk or to share the gospel. It should be the norm for people who have accepted this time in their lives as an opportunity and as a circumstance to be used by Him. It's our time. There's nothing tremendously great about doing it. It's about the one who is great that's calling us to do missions. You may say, well, I'm not called to do missions. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not called to reach people. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not called to share the gospel. Oh, yes, you are. It's our time. It is everybody's job. See, I used to think God specifically calls people to go. And you know, that's a true statement. He does specifically call people to go. Do you know who he calls? The people that have trusted in Christ. Every single person on the face of the planet who has accepted Christ is called to be on mission. My wife reminded me a couple years ago, and it's one of my favorite quotes of hers. She says, Todd, the world, listen, the church, we are either missionaries or we are the mission field. There's two types of people in the world. We're either missionaries or we're the mission field. Are we going to answer God's call on our lives and faithfully discharge our duties that he's called us to? You may say, well, I I don't feel led to go around the world. That's wonderful. Where do you feel led to serve? Find your place, find your niche, find the people that God burdens you about. listen. I don't get great thrills after uh, you know uh, of doing cold uh, cold talks, so to speak, or cold turkey talks about the gospel with people that I don't know. When I was sitting at a conference uh, four years ago, the burden of the gospel on my life became realized in water. And, and as I've shared this story uh, a number of times with, with, with different people, my burden was for a physical need that people need to experience. But my burden for that physical need was tapped into a spiritual need of the living water of Christ. And so many people, listen, we will get upset. 4,500 children will die today without clean water. Can you imagine how many are dying? How many people are dying across the world today without the gospel? without knowledge of who Christ is, without the salvific act, the salvation experience that you and I have experienced? Do you realize that there are thousands and thousands and millions upon millions of people who have not had access to the scriptures or the gospel, yet I can visit our homes today and I can find multiple copies of God's word, some laying on shelves full of dust, because we failed to engage the word that the gospel speaks of. The Great Commission of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 20. As we go out, and as we share with the world, we baptize people, we instruct people on how to live. The Great Commission has become the great omission of our lives. We're all about Jesus. We're all about receiving His grace. We're all about His good news. But He's called us to do more than just simply experience his goodness. He's called us to do more than simply just experience his grace. He's called us to do more than simply to engage the church. He has called us to be engaged in the body of Christ, the church. And he's called us to unplug ourselves from this place. And to plug ourselves into people that do not know him. The purpose of evangelism is to help people become an offering acceptable to God. But secondly, the purpose through evangelism is for you and I to share our stories. We need to share our stories. Sharing the gospel is not complicated. It's not about knowing the right words to say, having all the right doctrines and memorizing uh, this creed or that creed or Baptist fake the message or whatever it is that you might say. In the gospel sharing that I've done in travels either from Rwanda to Rwanda or wherever it might be, I have never had a controversial conversation. In fact, in fact, the most controversial conversation that I've had in my whole time in ministry took place in this church in our office about six months ago with another denomination that's here in Elizabethan controversy has no place in the gospel. Controversy is a sign that the enemy is divisive and the enemy is winning. You don't go on mission facing controversy. You go on mission knowing that God has called you, that he's going to sustain you, and he's going to give you the words and the relationships to speak into people's lives. It's not about having eloquent prayers or an eloquent speech or an eloquent teaching. It's not about any of that. It's about sharing your story about how you have come to christ about how christ has reached down into your life and my life and changed it and made it better and how your life is flourishing today because you trusted in christ because you surrendered your life to him it's about your obedience it's about our obedience to pursue him to make him known that's the story that you share Because I'm going to tell you, when you go to another country and you've traveled those thousands of miles, they want to know why you are there. What would make you come here? I get that question all the time. And my simple answer is this. I love the Lord and God saved me. I was introduced to Jesus and he changed my life. And what I come here to do is to share with you the story of Jesus Christ, whom you may have heard of, you may have had rumors about. He's not somebody, it's not a story like, like you've read historically. It's not a story like a fairy tale. It's real. It's changed my life. And I've flown all the way over here to tell you about it. Let me tell you something. You have a captivated audience. It's our time. Now is the time for us to commit ourselves to the gospel of Christ. The purpose is to share our story. If you notice in verse 18, Paul would not venture to speak anything except what Christ had accomplished through him in leading the lost to become obedient to God. He did not have a gimmick or a program, what he had was unique to him. What you have is unique to you. What I have is unique to me. It is our story, and ultimately it is his story about how he's changed the course of our time how he's intersected our lives, how there was a time when we were lost, how there was a time when he was absent from our lives or we we lived without him. And now there is a time where we are seeking to pursue him. We're seeking to make him known. Now is the time. The purpose of evangelism is to help people become an acceptable offering. The purpose of evangelism is to share our story. And then finally, the purpose of sharing the good news of the gospel, the purpose of evangelism is to create ambition. In verse 20 of the passage, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation but rather that those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. An ambition to know God, an ambition to tell our story, Paul had always, he always had an ambition to preach the gospel of Christ, to make the good news of Jesus known. So whether you're here in Elizabethton, in Carter County, in Northeast Tennessee, in the Southeast United States, in this nation, in North America, or the other six continents. Our purpose and our mission is to share the story of Jesus that we have experienced. This week I sat uh, with uh, two people that were uh, having kind of a, a business meeting over lunch. And the purpose of that meeting Someone was sharing with the other about, uh, as, as a salesperson, what they needed to do in selling uh, what they were selling. And one of the key components is we have to own. We have to own what we are selling. We can't listen. If I'm trying to sell to you a, a vacuum cleaner, and I come to your door selling a vacuum cleaner, and it's a five or $600 vacuum cleaner, I can tell you all the great things that it does it works better than any other it sucks better than a hoover it's this it's that it's this it's that and i can talk all about the accolades of this particular model of a vacuum cleaner and if you ask me do you own one and i say no the sales pitch has gone out the window People don't want to know your encouragement. They want to know your experience. They want to know that you own what you're trying to sell. Now you say, well, I didn't know that we were selling the gospel. Well, actually, you are. You are. You're selling the gospel everywhere you go. (laughs) Maybe no one's come up to buy it from you. Maybe it's because what you're dealing is not worth buying into. The gospel of Christ is worth, it's not just a commodity. The gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus, His story has intersected our time. And we must be different. We must boldly accept the challenge and call of God on our lives. And share our story of how we've experienced it. And we say, well, I have, I have a very vivid past. I have things that are just horrific. So does everybody else. You might say, well, I had an affair one time, and I mean, I I don't really want to share that story. Listen, you don't have to share all your dirt. All you have to share is his mercy. All you have to share is his grace. Your testimony, your story is not your trash. Your story is God's beautiful Beautiful work that's transformed our ashes into something far better than we could ask or imagine. It's not about us. It's about Him and what He's done. So I don't really care, nor does He care what's in your past, what's in the pedigree of your family, what is the good, what is the bad, or what's the ugly. All we really need to share is Him and what He's done. I don't have to share with you every nook and cranny of my testimony or of my life. All I have to share is the fact that there was a point where I was lost. There was a point that I was oppressed. There was a point that I was enslaved to decisions that I made and problems that I had. But God who was rich in mercy and kind and compassionate, who knew me before the foundations of the world, who knew me before all creation, reached down in the midst of where I was, did not call me out of the ditch, but reached down in the midst of my ditch, got down with me and wallowed in the ditch with me and set me out of the ditch. And I have my hope set high because of Christ. This morning... In the invitation, I simply ask you to consider two questions. You see, because before you and I can be ambassadors for Christ, before we can go and share with people our story of how God has changed our life, we have to experience, first and foremost, transformation. Transformation. That is, we've had to come to a point that we have accepted him. And not just, I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. I believe, I, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, well, I believe he was born on Christmas. I believe he was born of the Virgin Mary. I believe that at Easter he went to, uh, uh, he was crucified and he went to a cross. And in three days he was resurrected. I believe that. I believe it is a historical fact. Listen, the devil believes such things. I'm talking about belief, not just Cognitive belief, but a belief that takes you not only from your mind, but the mind and the heart are one and they are surrendered to Christ. And you say, you've come to the point in your life that you say, you know what? You know what? It's time. It's time for me to get right with the Lord. It's time for me to come. It's time for me to quit hiding. It's time for me to quit quit trying to to look apart or to fix this or to fix that. It, it's time for me to simply come because I've not been good enough to tweak it. I've not been good enough to fix myself no matter what I do or what I say or how I do my hair how I do my makeup or what clothes I wear or what, what women I surround myself. Nothing, 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 nothing is leaving, leading me to be fulfilled. Everything is leaving me or leading me to be empty and I continue to be empty. And so today you may say, I want to have a fulfilling life in Christ. Now is the time. And so today you may say, I want to be able to share my story with others. I want to be able to tell people how Christ has changed my life. For some of you, that is the invitation for you. You need to experience life change. You need to experience the realness of God. You need to be desperate for Him. You need to be thirsting for Him, as as the Bible says, as a deer pants for water. So I yearn and I long for Him. We need to be like that, yearning and hungering after God. Still others of you may be here and the second point would be this, or the second invitation would be this. You've accepted Christ. You have His story that's leading you. But you have never really come to the realization that you need to share that story and there are people that are in your workplace there are people in your family there are people that are, you're sitting around in this very room who desperately need to be touched by God and you are an individual that you know that God wants you to share your story there may be others here that that it expounds bigger than that and it's like you know what i I've, I've I've been a Christian. I've tried to raise my family in a Christian environment. I've always felt like I needed to go on mission. I felt like I needed to, to be involved in mission trips. And I, I, don't, I don't really think that God may be calling me to full-time uh, missions. But I think God is, is wanting to be on mission. And the invitation for you is simply this. That you would prayerfully consider your role in advancing the gospel where you are and where he has the potential to send you you go back and you look at the Bible, and you look at Abraham and the call of Abram as I, I went over on, on last Sunday evening. Abram was called to go. He didn't know where he was going to end up. But he went. We don't always know where God is going to lead us. We don't always know how God is going to direct us. But The question is, are we going to be faithful To follow him, to hunger for him, to yearn for him, despite what's happening around us. In this time, in this place, our time, the time, the hour has come. Are we going to answer God's call? Is he going to find us faithful? Are we going to be willing to share our story? Will you pray with me? God, as we come into a time of invitation and Lord, as we respond to the good news of the gospel, so often, Lord, the gospel has been omitted from our lives. It's, It's the great commission, but it's the great omission of our story because we fail on so many occasions to share how you've changed our lives and how you have the potential to change others. Lord, forgive us for being timid. Forgive us for being shy. Forgive us for not being bold for you. But Lord, we come today and some may say in this moment, in this hour, in this time, that I know, that I know, that I know that I need Jesus. And I know, that I know, that I know that I've been lost. And today I want to come to Christ. It may be a person praying here today that has already walked an aisle before. It may be a person today that would say that, and they've already been baptized. And for all practical purposes, they've looked the part of the Christian faith. They have been a believer in what people perceive them to be, but they've not been a believer in who they have been in Christ. Lord, in this time in this place, may we be honest, authentic, and transparent. God, where you've spoken and where you're calling, May we answer that call in our lives. May we accept the Lord Jesus Christ. May we pray to receive Him and receive Him anew. Lord, maybe there's others here that are struggling with a call on their lives, a call to advance the gospel, to share the good news, to share their story with others, whether that's at work, whether that's at school, or whether that's at home, whether it's here in Tennessee or it's across the world. May someone today answer the call to be on mission. May every person here take up their responsibility and take up their calling seriously. God may you find this church faithful. And Lord, this is only the beginning of good things. Of your blessing, of your calling, and of our faithfulness. Lord, lead and guide us during this invitation as we invite people to come to Christ, as we invite people to join you in your work on mission, as we invite people to join and be a part, an integral part of First Baptist Church, this is our time. A time to receive, a time to respond, a time to get up and go. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning and you need to make a decision, a decision to trust in Christ, a decision to join this fellowship, a decision to go on mission, however God is leading, however He's directing, how He's speaking to you in this time, in this place, it's your time, it's our time to respond. Won't you come? Won't you receive Him? Won't you go on mission? Be willing to share your story and His story through you.